On today's episode, Alan and I are talking Coonheads, including some rules discussion and announcing the location for the 2024 Youth Nationals. You'll want to hang around for this one. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager at UKC, and I'm joined today by Alan Gingrich, the Director of Hunting Ops. What's going on, Alan? I'm doing well. Welcome back. You've been you've been out for a little while. Yeah, went down for, to for, for a week at least. For, yeah, yeah, went down to Tennessee for Thanksgiving week. That was pretty nice. Yeah, get down there, and then I come back into a blizzard. Yeah, so. yeah. Sunday it snowed here on us, but uh, yeah, I know you've been out of the podcast booth for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, last one we did, we talked about next year's events and that sort of thing, and then yeah. you and Dom did one, and then you yep. and Eric talked did about one about the, the big retrievers and coonhounds. Kind of talked about the differences there, big differences there, and then we had yeah, you're right, had Eric Ant here talk about beagles in the last episode. So, yeah. well, what do you got on the docket today? Well, we got a bunch of good coonhound stuff today. Okay, uh, you know we uh, we've been trying to make a concentrated effort on the podcast to give all the segments plenty of uh, limelight. I think we've been doing that the past couple months. We've had not as many coonhound episodes, a few more beagle episodes and retriever episodes, that sort of thing. And hopefully people like that. We have multiple segments here. It's a versatile company. So a lot of different dog sports that are happening here. Yeah. I'd like to get a couple squirrel events, squirrel episodes in as well. When we get the chance, you need to find somebody to talk about squirrel dogs. You know, maybe, I don't know, might have to just you and I talk about squirrel dogs here. Yeah, I can act like I know something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but but today we we're going to uh, talk about a few things that have popped up for 2024, um, and we're actually going to talk about rules later in the episode. Been a while since we talked about rules. Yeah, good. Good. Going to start good. out by talking about the 10 mile 300, the first Coonhound UKC Pro Slam. Hey, we talked about the the Pro Slam for Beagles last week or in the last episode. Eric and I did. So yeah, when you were gone, but yeah. We uh, let's talk about these winners. You yeah. were there for it. Actually. I was there. Yeah. I got to go down. It was uh, it's obviously uh, right there by my hometown, Ten Mile. So I went down Saturday evening. Got there about forty five minutes before the deadline, and it was just a fun hunt to be at. Yeah, it always is there. It's more than just the hunters being there. There's always the old timers that are there. Hey, isn't it always fun to go back to your home club? It too? is. Yeah. There's something about that that is always so good. I don't get to go as much as I could and should yeah you know uh to to my old club but anytime i've went there it's just i don't know it's means a lot to you absolutely think about a lot of history there yeah absolutely i got to sit around i stayed for the whole duration of the hunt so i stayed Did at the you? club for the early round and got to look around at all the pictures of everybody yeah. that had been there and uh it's just neat look really looking yeah. at that stuff Heck yeah november 18th a couple yeah. of saturdays ago yeah that's right so i got there uh, about 45 minutes and there was already a good crowd there uh they had they have a little tv in there they were playing some of the football games that were oh, going yeah. on and Alan Roberts, you may not know by looking at him, but he's a heck of a cook. He had a whole big uh, spread there, ham dinner with mashed potatoes Wouldn't and corn tell by and looking green at beans. Him, really? and, <laughs> I don't know if he's a good cook or not. <laughs> okay, Who knows? Yeah. I'm not sure if he if he takes credit for the cooking yeah, or not. Yeah. But 
Yeah, but they had the whole spread there, and it was free for everybody. Even it, whether you were hunting or not, they had it for everybody, and maybe that's yeah. why there were so many people there. But it was a good deal for everybody. They had uh, desserts and everything, and it was just a beautiful day. The yeah. uh, weather was good down there. I think it was mid sixties on that the free, a few early days that week, but it was pretty dry. Yeah, conditions have been dry down there. They're way behind as far as rain goes for the year, uh, and that kind of played into it later in the night. But the early round was a good hunt. Everybody treed coons. Uh, everybody had a cast. Obviously, everybody had a cast winner in the full elimination format, and it was good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess I want to give credit to Alan Roberts real quick. Obviously, he's the head honcho of the club down there. Um, kind of made this thing go. Yeah. Hey, uh, you, I don't think you have it in your notes here, but Boots Welch, you did a little, uh, give him a little certificate or something too, didn't you? For that's right. You yeah. put together a little certificate for his years of dedication. For so the he Birch was there and everything. Hadn't asked you about that, but well, he actually wasn't there. Oh, he, he, wasn't. he was. Uh, he was down and out on his luck, but they did have uh, his nephew come. Okay. Um, who who is actually now uh, Boots has been a, an officer of Birchwood Coon Club down in Southeast Tennessee for over 50 years, they said, yeah. and just recently took a back seat. And this is actually a, a, a family member of Boots who has stepped in and is now a, an officer of the Virtual yeah. Coon Club, and he yeah. accepted it on his part, and they sent me a picture the next day of him giving it to him, and he's very appreciative of that honor. So. Well, that's good. Yeah, the club kind of honored him with uh, just for his years of service to the club and the surrounding clubs and everything else. So, yeah, Boots Welch. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Well deserved, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Troy Torbett real quick. He was the kind of the head uh, hunt director there. Kind of, I've known Troy for a while. He's always around to lend a helping hand. You have to have people like that at the clubs. Yep. And then uh, Walter Hickman. Uh, he had a couple dogs in the hunt, obviously, but he also uh, he has most of the he has a lot of prime hunting territory down there. Has a lot of farmland down there to hunt, and he got it a bulk of the cast, including the final cast as well. Oh. Too early, and and obviously the final cast too. So three out of the five uh, five casts went to his spot. So thanks to Walter for that. Good deal. Uh, we'll go through the cast here real quick, uh, just to give uh, some people some recognition. Uh, cast one, night champion World War Z, uh, Trian Walker, male, four-year-old, owned by Jonathan Moses and Joshua Sparks. Madisonville, Tennessee won that cast. Uh, John Moses was handling with 375 plus. That's a couple good score. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cast two winner, Grand Night Champion two, Buck Creek, Johnny B. Bad. It's a four-year-old tree and walker male owned by Walter Hickman and Josh Bidwell of George, uh, Georgetown, Tennessee. Handled by Josh. Had 200 plus. Cast three winner. Autumn Oaks winner from this year. National Grand yeah. Night Champion. Grand Night Champion. After Dark Ferris. Five-year-old tree and walker male owned by Lee Varner of Andersonville, Tennessee. Uh, Lee handled and had 150 plus with Ferris. And a cast four winner, Kyle Oaks, kind of a younger guy. He came and uh, judged for us at the World Finals this year. Yeah. We could get yeah. to know Kyle a little okay. bit. And he's well-respected in this area, yeah. Southeast Tennessee. And he was able to sneak into the Final Four yeah. with blue a 375-plus yeah. cast win. Yeah, CNO, not, Yeah, night champion CNO's limb-hanging blue rip. Johnny Cooper, Crawford, yeah. Tennessee owns that dog. So yeah. that set the scene for our final cast there. All came back with the plus points there, as I said, and – kind of shifted i said it's been 60s during the day but night came on it got real cold some actually some rain was rolling in the next day or two and kind of a cold front it seemed like and got real windy but we went to a nice place it yeah. was a nice uh, hardwood section a lot of acorns around there you mentioned it being dry Safe. i know the beagle guys over in west virginia for their slam were complaining about that too they hadn't had rain in forever but then it rained there on friday i think mm, perfect. so yeah so it kind of moistened things up a little bit you know but uh yeah when it's that dry, it just soaks it right in, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so all the all dogs on the final cast. It was a tough final cast. The wind was whipping. Uh, they all drew some minus, but uh, 
we ended up giving out the money. You know yeah. how it is at these uh, pro slams. Just yeah. got to do what you got. And in fourth place was uh, fourth place was Josh Bidwell hunting Buck Creek. Johnny B Bad. Uh, Johnny B Bad got a they got a five hundred dollar check. He's out of uh, Grand Night Champion Johnny B Good and Cole Myers Cousins Doll Baby. Um, in third place, our six hundred dollar winner was uh, the National Grand Night Champion After Dark Ferris and Lee Varner. Uh, they got the six hundred dollar check and Ferris. We talked about him a little bit on here. Grand Night Champion Bowers After Dark Mikey and Hickman's Honeybee is yep. his is his uh, pedigree there. Uh, second place and our eight hundred dollar winner was Kyle Oaks handling Blue Rip the Blue Tick. Um, he is out of let's see Racket Ridge Crash and Williams Red Stick Ann. So good Blue Tick cross there. And our overall winner and uh, got two thousand dollar check was World War Z owned and handled by Jonathan Moses. Josh Parks is also a co owner on the dog. Z's out of Wipeout Three Zone and Pale Moon's Insane Chigger. Oh yeah, yeah, well bred dog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so World War Z—that's kind of a different name, but kind of a catchy name. Night Champion, still I see. Well, that's the kind of the funny thing. Uh, on the way after the hunt, uh, Z was way out of pocket. Jonathan had to drive around and get him, and uh, I was riding with Alan Roberts, and he kind of called Jonathan to make sure he would he was all right and he had gotten the dog and everything, and he said. Well, in in, uh, in addition to his $2,000 check, he got the two wins. And with those two wins, the dog finished a Grand Night Champion and qualified for the Tournament Champions there all here go. in one night. So. Yeah, a lot going on there. Yeah, There's more to it than just that check. Yeah, so this was a 16-dog hunt, $300 entry fee, uh, and the first uh, UKC pro, uh, first official Coonhound Pro Slam. So it was successful out there in Southeast Tennessee. Yeah. Thanks to the club for putting it on, and thanks for everybody for entering. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations to these handlers too, Josh Lee or Josh Bidwell, Lee Arner, Kyle Oaks, and Jonathan Moses, the overall winner there. Now, Jonathan Moses, being from Tennessee, got to ask you. I know there's some other Moses plot guys there. Some uh, is he related to them or no? No, uh, it, different, different. No, and he won't appreciate you saying that. Alan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, when you don't know, you don't know. No, it's, uh, Sometimes you ask dumb questions. You know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're all, all good, all good guys, but yeah. uh, don't know of any uh, yeah. any uh, yeah. similar uh, family there between the two. But known Jonathan for a long time. He's had a lot of success with dogs down that area. And him and Z have been on a roll. You know, they primarily hunt other registries. Uh, they do good in, uh, yeah. in PKC and pro sport as well. And mm-hmm. He'd done a lot of good this year. He's qualified for TLC, and he's looking forward to that. So There you go. Uh, Congratulations should, to all of them. Yeah, we should briefly mention uh, the Border Town Battle, uh, Seneca, Missouri. Unfor- the, we're tr- going to try to do a 27-dog, uh, $1,250 hunt there, and unfortunately just didn't feel. Man, I was so excited for that one. That one's partially our fault for not following through a little bit better, maybe with the date stuff, but I just did not realize. I know we both looked at different dates and it just totally uh you know th- there's some other events going on a big event in illinois on that same weekend a big big money hunt and just uh not a good weekend for it yeah otherwise i think it would have guys were excited about this and everything about this one and and uh man it's just a wrong weekend yeah. i feel like yeah dang it we i know we looked at some uh some scheduling and may have just overlooked it or or maybe yeah, didn't I take into consideration yeah. the overlap in the hunters there but also, probably didn't help that the weekend that it opened, or the week that it opened, with the weekend prior, this same area, Quapaw, um, had a uh, had a high entry fee, and maybe people, yeah. you know, two week two uh, big yeah. entries in yeah. a row, much higher than this. Could yeah, have. yeah, this one was twelve. This one was high too, twelve fifty. But uh, seventy five hundred. Hey, I, for that I one. still think uh, you know. Hopefully, these guys won't be discouraged by that. We're not going to be, you know. But uh, I think it was just a bad weekend and. Uh, 
to schedule it for that. But uh, I really feel these 27 dog ones, three dog casts like that. I think they're going to take off. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we talked, hey, obviously got to take some personal responsibility. It should have done a little bit more vetting on our part. And, and uh, dang, now that we know now we learned from it and uh, yeah, we're going to, we're I not going to get discouraged by it. We're going to keep on uh, yeah. putting them in quality areas yep. and giving people a chance to enter them up. Yep. And, and I think we had the right club for it too, for that first one. Just, uh, yeah, just a wrong date. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so uh, kind of moving on here, last uh, last Coonhound episode, we talked about 2024 year, and we were able to talk about six of the zone locations, uh, Reading, Michigan, Ashtabula, Ohio, Sedalia, Missouri, Rogersville, Tennessee, Coffee Mill, Coffeeville, Mississippi, and Paris, Texas. Uh, just right there, same day that it aired out for everybody, uh, got confirmation from Norway, South Carolina, uh, Mendel Miller and those guys down there, that they were going to be able to host the zone for us. We were working with them down there, kind of a new area. They haven't hosted the zones down there before, so excited to get it down there in Norway. Uh, that's southeast South Carolina, somewhere near it, Orangeburg. It is, yeah, and we're familiar with it. It's right close to Orangeburg there, you know, so we go there every year. Yep. Uh, so we kind of, we're familiar with the area. And matter of fact, a lot of times they take the final cast at Orangeburg, they take it up into up there close to Norway. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point we got seven of them locked in, and we're actually going to probably have eight this year and next year, or sorry, 2024 and 2025. Still waiting on confirmation from one club. I've been yeah. ringing their phone off the hook the past couple of days trying to get it locked in. Come but, on, uh, Jim. <laughs> we uh, we hope to get it in there, but yeah. uh, we'll get that out. We'll get that information out as soon as possible, yeah. and it'll be before any uh, qualifiers take place. Yeah, so for sure. And the last one, you know, last time I talked about uh, youth nationals a little bit. We were working towards getting a location for youth nationals, um, and finally did got it locked in. Mid American Coon Hunters Association in Troy, Iowa. Up in the Northwest, yeah, they're going to host it for us this year. Yeah. And you think Iowa, okay, that's, like you said, Northwest, but really Troy is in the southeast corner of of uh, uh, Iowa. Right. So it's right in the corner of Illinois, uh, Missouri, and Iowa right there. And it's a great place. Yeah. They have had a lot of events there. They've had the regions there, uh, uh, a lot of qualifiers, a lot of zones, and uh, a lot of events in that part of the country. A lot of hunters right there. It'll be a good spot for it. Yeah. Had a good blue tick days there, yep. right? Yep. yep. And a lot of they've had a lot of big hunts. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just got off the phone with uh, Tyler Batterson before he came down, just trying to iron out some some last minute details. Yeah, Tyler's a young guy there that's very involved in the club and and really spearheading a lot of what's going on out there. And it's good to see those young guys like Tyler uh, taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, and and uh, working some of these events like it. A lot of, a lot of ambitions here. Mm -hmm. And he has his buddies helping, and, and uh, that's always a good thing. And uh, you interviewed Tyler not too long ago. You had him on a podcast, didn't you? Yeah, it was back when I went to Blue Tick Days in the spring. Okay. I went back, and it looked like it was episode 54 of this oh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. And one good thing that he talked about was kind of the youth series that they do there in southern Iowa and how all the clubs work together. And, hey, that kind of had a lot to do with this. We, we uh, had conversations after that about them wanting to put their name in the hat to host this event one year. and. Yeah, why wait around? You know, they've, they've right now they have all the support. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of young folks in that area that uh, deserve a shot. And, uh, you know, some people might be, they might uh, look at this and say, man, that's a long drive. But for these kids, they're driving to youth nationals a long way uh, as well. So yeah. this time they get yeah. a little shorter drive and you may have to drive this year. Yeah. Um, you know, next, next year already have conversations with, with some different clubs to move it back to a central part of the area, but we move youth nationals around some. It's, yeah. it's one that we like to move around. 
This is going to be great, though, for a lot of kids. Like you mentioned, that oftentimes do you have a little bit of a drive? Missouri kids, Oklahoma kids, not very far for them at all. You right. know, and there's a lot of kids in Iowa as well. So I, it'll be a good place for it. Yeah, absolutely it will. They'll have a good turnout. Yeah. It'll be July 19th and 20th. Probably still be a little bit warm, but it could be worse. You yeah. Know? It won't be quite as warm up there as it is some places down south. So They have good hunting there. It'll be a good spot for it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so uh, so I just got the phone with him. He's thinking that they're either they have two locations kind of pegged out that they're still working on. One either Troy or Eldon. Okay, uh, they're about fifteen miles apart, so it doesn't make a big difference either way. But don't have an exact location pinned down just at this time. But uh, they're working to see what makes the most sense for the club and and for us for what we need. Yeah, over the years, I know there's been numerous, like we mentioned, numerous hunts in that area, and there have been different facilities where they've had them, and all good ones. Kiyosaka was one of them, right close by that. They had a nice. Uh, grounds there yeah. i've been there before but he mentioned yeah. the eldon uh uh fairgrounds they used to have the blue tick reunion there okay. every year yeah um so that may be a, a location or there's a spot right there in troy uh that's a little bit closer to the missouri line so guys in northern missouri can can judge and guide for them with a little yeah. bit of a better drive so yeah. We'll see what pans out, but you won't be left in the dark. We'll let everybody know, and we'll have it on our website. Yep. Uh, as and that, as we hunt, that uh, Youth Nationals happens while school, before school starts, so in July there, but uh, like third week in July, something like that. Yeah, mark it on your calendars now, yep. July 19th and 20th next year. Alan, I know we both have new Daltra Pathfinder 2s. How are you liking yours so far? I'm liking it. I've even had the opportunity now to use mine where I didn't have service, where I download uh, the map of that area where I didn't have the service, and uh, it works flawlessly. Love it. I agree. I really like my Daltra Pathfinder 2 as well. I've, I've used it quite a bit the past few months. I really like the crystal clear maps. I like that it doesn't lose uh, service very much, and I can't have, I don't have many bad things to say about it at all. Dogtra Pathfinder 2, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. Well, with that being said, uh, it's been a while since we talked about some rule stuff, so we're going to talk about some uh, some different rule scenarios today. And uh, I don't know, just was, was in thinking about possums, I guess, because today's uh, rule segment is all about off game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So that's... <laughs> Putting me on the spot, probably. <laughs> well, there's going to be a, we we're going to go through the rules a little bit step by step, and uh, and maybe even talk about some different scenarios for questions that we get from time to time. Actually, what brought it on? We had a pretty big, pretty good question here in the past couple of days that we've been discussing a lot, and I don't know when that happens. You don't. One thing that I always get nervous about is there's always probably a precedence that's been said in a past advisor column where we've given out an answer, and I don't ever want to go against any of those answers you know oftentimes me and you have talked about it or it's scenarios that we talk about all the time and you get the same questions mm -hmm. over and over again but sometimes you get a question that kind of piques your interest and you go to digging in those advisors and you can find a lot of information and scenarios that you just don't think about very often yeah that's and you we have that uh, to go back to and we can find a lot of that stuff pretty easily you know and readily if we need to but uh that's what i one thing i've always tried to do since i've been here is you know be conscious of those things where precedence has been set. Might not always agree 100% with it, but, uh, you know, you try to stick with that and, uh, yeah. 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 So perfect. I think, uh, the first place to start an off game is just to talk about, uh, talk about the rules that we have and maybe read those out for people to see. 
uh, grab your uh, 2023 rule books and follow along with us. Maybe get a, sh- uh, a highlighter or a Sharpie or something. I was uh, going to grab one. I laid it out on my desk before we came down here because you mentioned we were going to talk about rules, and I grabbed the rule book, and I didn't even bring it down here. So <laughs> Good thing you got them memorized. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, since you came around and uh, I've uh, I used to be able to quote about any rule, you know, in the rule book. But uh, uh, it's I know what Todd feels like after you don't do it for a little while. I uh, uh, need to need to look things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this will be a good doesn't come as easily course, anymore, maybe. I guess. Sure. Absolutely. Anytime you. Nah, it's still fairly easy, but it's just not as far as the and the other thing, the rule numbers changed and yeah. things like that. That's the hardest thing, probably. Yeah, sometimes looking at those advi- old advisor columns, that's kind of the hardest part. Is kind of when the rule numbers are in there, trying to remember or pinpointing yeah. what rule he's referencing yeah. and things like that. If you don't also mention it in there, so yeah, yep. But uh, let's. This is coming from the the newest rule book, the twenty twenty three version, which we'll be using, and uh, we're just going to read some off game rules here. The first one's going to be rule six F, and it's under the scratching section, dog scratching section. It reads: uh, Dogs will be scratched in champion division casts for running, treeing, or molesting off game. And in parentheses here it says off game must be seen during hunting time, including any timeout periods prior to the expiration of hunt time. Parentheses expe- exception five B. It says, in the event the off-game is a squirrel seen in a tree, and two, the tree is an obvious den tree, refer to Rule 5D, birds are not considered off-game. So don't be too overwhelmed by that. We're actually going to break that kind of down sentence by sentence and time to tell you what we mean by that and some interpretations on that. Um, and But real quick before we do that, let's talk about, uh, obviously, this, this rule here is for champions. Uh, you'll be scratched from a hunt for off-game. Uh, if you're in a champion division, we have registered casts and we have champion casts. Um, that's in a normal event. In some events, all dogs draw out together. You know, slams, youth events, uh, qualifying events. If you go to tournament champion finals or anything like that, those are all held with all dogs drawn together under champion rules. Yep, that's right. That's what I was going to mention. Uh, but in the registered uh, registered hunts and regular rules, there's also a rule that goes for the just the registered cast only, and that's going to be Rule 4K, and that reads. Um, that dogs uh, points will be minus in registered category for running, treeing, or molesting off game. Off game must be seen in the event the off game is a squirrel seen in a tree and the tree is an obvious den tree. Refer to Rule Five D. Birds are not considered off game. And it's mentioned Five D there twice, so I might as well uh, point it out real quick. Rule Five D reads: Points will be circled if a squirrel is seen on a den tree. Must have visible hole large enough for a coon to enter into. Or a tree has a nest or a place of refuge where a coon could be hidden. So that's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of uh, a lot of words and, and wording in there that we can discuss, and we're going to do that right here. First thing you'll see in all of that is running, treeing, or molesting. You think about off game; those are the three words that come to your mind. I think running and treeing are pretty straightforward terms, but people may wonder what molesting means or the definition of it. So if you look up the definition of molesting online, to pester or har- or harass in an aggressive or persistent manner. And that's where the question some kind sometimes comes up. Well, what if they're baying? Yep, that is it right there. Yeah. Pestering or, yep, that's it right there. Yeah, that kind of covers everything mm. but running tree. Mm-hmm. And if you were to catch it on the ground or yeah, baying or it up. Yeah, or just baying at it. Yeah, yep. and yeah. if it's in a tile or anything like that, that's other than treeing, you know. That's, yeah. It covers everything else where you may be, they may be uh, pestering or harassing the off game in right. a manner. So. Mm-hmm. The second thing you'll see bolded in those uh, rules is off game must be seen. This is kind of a new one. That was a new one. It came with a rule change because in the old days that was not in there that it had to be seen. And the only reason it wasn't it had to do with uh, with uh, running deer, basically. Right. And in the old days, we used to say, hey, if they're running, we know they're running a deer. 
say no without even seeing it. You would just scratch the dogs. They're running out of the country, you know, on a fast game. I, but this came up in a rules uh, in a rules proposal, and it passed that they wanted to to see the off game before you do scratch them. So yep. there you go. Yeah, that was a, passed. a proposal put in in 2019, passed yep. for 2020. So it's relatively yeah. new. Yeah, I would have just been. I don't. I don't remember the intent behind it, or I don't remember the discussions of it. But I'm sure. Honestly, I kind of forgot about that having been in there. You know that it must be seen. But uh, you you brought it up and went back to the rule proposal and everything. So yeah. So uh, must be seen kind of spells that out for you. Yeah. And then it says also during hunt time, including timeouts prior to the end of the hunt. So what does that mean? That tells us that any dog treat in before timeout is called or before the conclusion of the hunt are still liable for the action, their actions. Those dogs that are treat in are still, you can still go score them and they can get plus points, so they can still accrue minus and they can still be scratched for the hunt if they have off game in their treat. Yep, and that also includes during yeah, during a timeout. So, t- yeah, technically it doesn't matter if they're running, treating, or molesting. Even during a timeout, whether they're called treat or not, uh, That's that still applies to that situation. Back in the old days, that, that rule used to be they would be scratched for running, treating, or molesting off game under the authority of the judge. So that meant even after a hunting time. So at some point they changed the rules to where just during hunt time, during regulation time, between the start of the hunt and the ending of the hunt, and including any timeout periods within that hunt. That's how it is now. Right. Instead of under the authority of the judge. Yeah. Under the authority of the judge, just for quick reference, that is... The, that authority starts when the judge gets the scorecard at the club and it ends when he turns it in. That's when he has the authority of the cast. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so so the way that this tells us is that they're liable for their actions even during timeout periods, and that means that even if, uh, let's say we call timeout because the dog's getting close to the road, and as soon as we call timeout, your dog comes running in with a possum in its mouth, it's a timeout period during the hunt. Your dog is still in a champion cast. Your dog's still going to get scratched from molesting off game in that yeah, case. Yeah, you know, and you, you mentioned a dog comes running in, and there's been cases we get it sometimes where a dog, let's say a dog hasn't even barked at all and comes running in with a with a possum that it caught and and killed. Uh, uh, that dog is going to be scratched. Right. It doesn't have to be barking to be, con- it's still, that's still considered molesting, in this case killed it or what have you. Uh, or not, it might not even, you know, but uh, it doesn't have to necessarily bark. Running, treeing, or molesting. It can molest something without technically barking, you know, True. or anything like that. So just because a dog didn't bark doesn't mean the dog's going to get away with it. Yeah. I thought it's interesting comparing that during the timeout period because of the way the rule reads. Uh, you could still get scratched if you see a dog molesting uh, off game. But as soon as the, the hunt time runs out, the clock hits zero, only dogs that are treated in are then liable for any, right. anything that happens That's afterwards. Right. Yeah. Say hunt time ends and we're heading to a dog that was treated in before the conclusion of hunt time mm-hmm. and we're on the way to the tree and there your dog is rolling around and the dead possum playing with it in its yeah. mouth. You're good to go. Yeah. Pick him up and let's head to the tree to score the dog that was treated in yeah. before hunt time. So that's a little bit of a difference there that you should probably know. Yeah. But it says it right there in the rule. It's yeah. pretty black and white. Yeah. Now I mentioned, you know, the dog doesn't te- technically have to be barking too uh, to be scratched for molesting running or treeing or molesting off game. But here's another scenario where a dog might not be barking and might also not be scratched. Let's talk about that. Do you have that in here somewhere, I guess? Maybe not yet. Uh, um, let's say, for instance, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is, uh, let's say a dog comes into a tree or is there when you get there, and there's dogs treeing, have, a, have off game in the tree, but you have a dog at the tree that is 
not barking, not doing anything really, just kind of meandering around or what have you, not doing anything. Yeah. What yeah, are we doing I, with that dog? I do. I do have it in here. It's a, as like I said, we we're a little through some old advisor columns okay. and uh, actually found one that you had written back in July of 2015. And, and it's a scenario just like you're saying. So to paint the picture for people listening, so say you have a four dog night champion cast, A, B, and C are declared struck and treat, and you get in there. And D hasn't, you haven't heard D open. He hasn't been struck in. You haven't heard him opening, but when you get in there, all four dogs are at the tree. A, B, and C are tree in, but D is just there, maybe checking the tree, uh, just hanging around the tree a little bit, just there. Um, what happens to the dog? What do you do with dog D there? And uh, in in your column there, you say, obviously dogs A, B, and C are scratched. They've been struck on the yeah. off game. They've treed the off game. They're there treeing. But for dog for dog D, let's go through the three things. Um, is the dog treeing? No, or uh, sorry, Running. let's say molesting first. Yeah. Dog's not molesting the off game. Obviously, it's up in the tree. Yep. He's just uh, milling around the tree. Has it been running? Yeah, he's never been struck in. You can't say that he's been running or tree, and you can't verify that. Or he hasn't been running. You haven't heard him or seen it, so you can't verify that activity. Yep. And third, is he tree? And if he's just there checking on tree, maybe he jumps up and checks it. He's he's not barking or indicating tree. By any definition we have of tree, and that doesn't meet the standard of tree. Yeah. So in this case, this dog is uh, not not guilty of of treeing, running, or molesting off game in this state. So yeah, no so, harm, no foul. Yeah, and that just takes some requires a little bit of common sense and being reasonable about it. And judge the dog. Yeah. What's the dog doing? Yep, that's right. Uh, yeah. Real quick, we should probably mention Rule Five B. You heard mention of Five B a, a few times. We've talked about it on this podcast a lot already. We talk about it with the advisor all the time. And Rule Five B tells us that. No dog is to receive minus points for coming into the tree after the judge arrives unless a coon is seen and the dog's tree and are awarded plus points. Right. Um, even if it's a if even if it's a possum. Say yep. you're there's three it's a four dog cast, three of us are in there shining our tree, and there's a possum in our tree, and we're in there making noise, we want to try to find a coon in there, and all of a sudden dog D comes trotting in after the fact he's handled at the tree, but he came in after the judge yep. arrives. That's when you apply 5B. And we've used 5Bs forever, you know, and maybe and that's an old, old um, policy, I guess, so to speak. But the whole idea behind 5B was to not scratch dogs or not penalize dogs for coming in because the, the, the thing was that they were, it su suggested that they are being possibly being enticed to come in mm -hmm. when you're making noise, squalling and shining and this and that and not to penalize those dogs unless there is uh, actual a raccoon sitting there. And that, like you said, includes off game. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing that really saves a dog here. 5B is going to take precedence over, uh, even if that dog can come in and even bark in that case, technically, you know, but uh, yeah, it doesn't, it does, 5B does protect that if it doesn't come in until after you've arrived. Yeah. Just handle the dog, and the only penalty it's going to get is, uh, uh, is is if there's a coon there, and then that case is going to get its strike points minus, like the rule says. Even with all the, all it's covered, it's still one of the probably the most missed questions on our Master of Hounds test. So it is, uh, and it's kind of the only rule that saves a dog from from uh, in in this case maybe barking at off game or treeing off game is if it comes in after you've arrived and goes to the tree. Five B is going to protect that dog, and it's the only rule. And the only scenario that it's going to protect that yeah, dog. Absolutely, you're right. Which, hey, you could argue that, but that's the way the rule is, and that's what the, the intent of that rule was to uh, not penalize dogs for that, unless there's a coon there and they should have been there to begin with. 
Uh, another uh, slight change. Obviously, this rule has been uh, probably one that's been in the rule book for a long time, but it's been tweaked and adjusted over the years. Uh, one adjustment that I found that happened in the 2017 rule book um, that's still in there now is the inclusion of a couple uh, couple lines there at the end that you probably heard. And one talks about the squirrel being seen in an obvious den tree or in a, a tree with a, a big nest or another place of refuge where a coon could be hidden. And then also about birds not being considered off game. Both of those were added to this, to this rule's uh, into the wordage of these rules back in 2017. Um, and, and it was interesting to kind of read some of your articles from that time and, and talking about how, how to implement a rules. You know, it's something for a rule to get passed, but then trying to implement it in the rule book because it always affects other things in the rule book when you're doing that. And you have to kind of spell it out and make sure it doesn't do that. But uh, one of the things that you were trying to figure out, it looked like, and, and what you wrote about was uh, coming into a tree and you see a, a squirrel in there and there's a whole determining whether the hole in the tree would be big enough to house a coon um, or if a coon could fit in it and, and deciding whether that would be a judgment call by the judge on that cast or if that would be a majority vote like you do at some trees. And uh, in the rules and what you've wrote in the past, it's actually the judge would make a call on whether the hole's big enough to house a coon. And uh, if the people in the cast don't agree with that, obviously they can question it and have a cast vote at that point. A majority would overrule the judge, but yeah. the, ju the judge makes the decision on that. It is. And you know, really, if you think about it in the rules, there's very few things that actually automatically go to a cast vote. And that is the scoring of a tree, whether it's going to be plus circle or minus, you know, yeah. uh, that's one of the few things that go, it goes directly to a, automatically goes to a cast vote, but most all other situations, the judge makes the ruling. And then if somebody doesn't agree, you ask for a vote, and then it takes a majority vote to overturn the judge's decision. And deciding whether the hole is big enough to house a a coon or not, you know, because you'll the, the thing here with the we've got a squirrel in the tree. The situation we're talking about, so uh, you'll you'll see a lot of squirrel dens where the holes are obviously a lot smaller, you know. So that's going to be the decision of the judge to make, you know. And if you don't agree, uh, hey, vote on it. Ask for a ask for a vote and. Uh, uh, if it's it takes a majority overturn the judge's decision. Yeah. While we're talking about that, there's a similar uh, similar situation that we talked about upstairs uh, that's kind of misinterpreted by people sometimes, I think. Uh, a lot of times people wonder about what do you do on two to two votes? Two thinks it's circle, two thinks it's plus, this and that. Uh, what if uh, what if you're having trouble distinguishing whether it's a coon or possum in the tree? Most people who hunt can tell the difference, but sometimes there's a situation where maybe the tree's a little woolly and you can't really tell but that's not a situation where you vote, right? Not not unless there's a question on it. Here right. again, the judge is going to make that decision. He's going to decide whether it's a raccoon or a, or a, a or off game or something else. If that's the case, and then if you don't agree with somebody doesn't, then that's when the vote ensues. And here again, it's going to take a majority vote to overturn the judge's decision. Yeah. But it doesn't just automatically go automatically go to a cast vote saying, you know, hey, uh, I think it's a coon, right? You know. Yeah. That's the judge makes that decision. Yeah. So two pretty similar scenarios. Yeah, if there's there, no that question there. You, you just that. rock on. There's no question. Yeah. You I don't, understand. the only time you have to vote then, uh, whether it's that is if there's a question on, on his ruling. Yeah. yeah so don't forget his that judge makes a call on the, on those, uh, those two rulings there. So yeah. Kind of yep. couple of those two together. They kind of yeah. go hand in hand with one another. Yeah. Uh, birds. It's kind of the same thing. There's a lot of things like that, you know, that, and I know they get done wrong a lot of times, you know, it's, are we scoring this as two trees or one trees or whatever? You know, how are you voting? That's not the way it happened. The judge, you make the call. You make the call. Then if I don't agree with it, I'll ask for a vote. That's how it should work. And by rule, the way it's supposed to work. And let's talk about birds a little bit. Birds, uh, 
birds are not considered off game according to the rules. We read it in there uh, at the end of those rules. And when you see the mention of birds, uh, past advisor columns would tell us that this re- refers to birds in the wild. We're not talking about uh, mm-hmm. chickens or other farm birds. Uh, hey, I'm glad you bring that, that up, bring up because we would consider that a difference. Yeah. One you're going to get scratched for and the other one not. One is considered livestock, which you're going to get scratched for any type of livestock, whereas uh, uh, birds is not considered livestock as far as like, uh, you know, crows and things like that, you know, even turkeys. And, and hey, that's a debatable thing, birds. And it always it, it always has been, and it's happened, I guess, when you go into a tree and there's a dog tree and there's a turkey in the tree or what have you. Uh, you don't, I haven't seen it all that many times, but you have, you know, if you hunt long enough, you'll see some things like that. But, uh, but yeah, so you, I'm glad you mentioned chickens and things like that. Birds like livestock, birds like that. Uh, there's a, that's a different, it's a different rule that applies there. Yeah. And you're talking about rule 5G and, and 5G tells us that dogs will be scratched for running or molesting livestock. And the big thing about that rule, like you just said, uh, you're in champions or registered cats, there's a difference between what happens for you in off game. Yeah. Um, and livestock, no matter whether you're in a registered or a champion cast, you're scratched. Boom. You got it. That's, That's exactly right. difference there. Yeah. Registered are going to get scratched for molesting, uh, molesting livestock as well. Yeah. And I think most of us uh, can be reasonable when we're in the yeah. woods yeah. and think about, we know what livestock yep. is. Uh, yep. Chickens compared to wild birds, you said crows, Maybe a hawk sitting up or an owl or something. There's a big yeah. difference there. Difference between a wild hog and a domestic hog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. The reason I added this in here, a I pen found pig versus a wild hog is the note you made here. I found uh, I found an old advisor column from December of 1993, an old Todd Kellum article, and yeah. he was uh, the question was uh, they had a a wild hog bait up in the middle of the woods. Obviously, it's a wild hog, but uh, the person says we got a pig out here bait up. This is a livestock animal. He's thinking, <laughs> okay. And there's there's a big difference between a, a domesticated pig and one running around in the woods, and you yeah. know the difference. Don't be yep. just be reasonable and yep. take your minus or your scratch where you have it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured that we might end the this segment about uh, off game. Now we've gone through the rules, talking about some different strange scenarios that you may see sometimes. We've got some notes here that you made. Here you mentioned this next note you've got here about dogs catching a possum on the ground. So I kind of got ahead of jumped ahead <laughs> of it here, but there you've got it right there. So you were gonna. I apologize for that. No. You had it noted in here. So, yeah, you're talking about a dog catches an possum on the ground right out of the truck but never lets out a bark or is not struck in or anything like that. But, yeah, that's still that dog's still guilty of running, treeing, or molesting. Yeah, so so you mentioned what would happen in a champion cast. That dog would be scratched. Mm-hmm. But in a registered cast, this dog's never opened its mouth. It's never been struck true, in. True, true. So, that can be kind of confusing yeah, sometimes. Absolutely. But there is a difference in a registered cast. Now, the, the only it's only a difference now you can have some registered dogs in certain type of events like you mentioned in the onset where you have uh, uh if they all compete or are all combined you know register champs and grands are all in the same category like in a slam or or the world championship or what have you qual different events like that in that case championship rules do apply even to those registered dogs yeah that might be in the cast yeah but in this case in a registered cast you cut your dogs loose and your yeah. dog catches a possum never been struck yeah. in never allowed a bark and it carries it into then, you what are you our, gonna do yeah then our beaglers are like what we get <laughs> our dogs our beagles run off game they're scratched even in a registered they don't have that difference between the two you know yeah. they get their they have the same off game rules gotta be harder on those guys <laughs> guys and gals yeah <laughs> but yeah. but in that case uh the dogs never you uh, typically would minus the dog strike points but without it being struck in lucky break yeah. free nothing happens to you in that scenario so. yeah you're talking about a, a situation where a dog did not bark and a registered dog a registered cast dog didn't bark 
catches a possum, brings it in to you, and never made a bark or anything, yeah, normally you're right. It would be minus strike points, but has no strike points to minus, so it can't be struck in if it didn't bark. Yep, that's right. And I actually got that one from your March 2016 advisor call. Oh, okay. So there you go. Yeah. You guys can go back and read that if yeah. you have any questions about that. Yeah. Uh, here's the July 2015 advisor column. We we mentioned that one a little bit ago. Here's another one here. Uh, dogs treeing on a tree with nothing in it. Let's say maybe you're uh, barking on a big oak tree, but it has a little sapling that runs right into it. And there's a, a possum 12 foot off the ground over the dog's head, but it's in a different tree. What are you going to do in that one? Uh, you know, a lot of times... When I talk to people about rules, they're quick to want to plus their dog if there's a Kuna tree over where there could possibly be some crossovers. But when it's off game and that could cross over in this instance, not so quick to want to depend that on the dog. But same instance, we know we we can probably make the assumption looking at this that the trees are touching. The dog is is going to probably be treeing that off game. That's what he's doing there. And uh, sometimes you just have to take your lumps where you get them. Yeah, so and quick, pretty straightforward. Yeah, forget about making the excuses because uh, at the end of it all, you're the one that's looking silly making those excuses, and that's about that's about sums it up, really. You know, yeah, not much more to say. Yeah, about that. there isn't really. You know, like you said, take your lumps. It happens. They're dogs. They do stuff like that, and and um, happens. That's right. Uh, next one, something that is uh, pretty rare to happen, but I've actually seen that happen a few times. I'm sure you have as well. Coon and uh, off game in the same tree. Most typically, probably a possum sitting about 15 foot off the ground, and there's a coon up in the, yep. the second fork. I've seen it several times in my time. And yeah. one time I'll tell a, tell a quick little story. There is a, the Nestle boys that uh, placed, uh, what did they place, second or third in the world hunt this year? Second place. Yeah, their dad, they used to, have a, used to have a dog named Indiana Buck, and he was one of the locals. That, he was a good hound. And kind of one of those that I just, they, he beat me more than I beat him. Old Buck was pretty tough, but... One night I kind of had an upper hand on. He made a couple of quick barks and falls tree, and, and there's a there's a, a possum in the in the uh, in the one of the lower branches or whatever. And we shine the tree. You know his dad, uh, old Dave, is handling the dog or whatever. And uh, puppy dog gone. He didn't have a coon up in the top of that tree. <laughs> and I'm like, just like man, there's I just can't beat this dog. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's funny. and you know what i don't know maybe he treats i don't know it, but yeah there you go yeah it's oh, happened I, at the world uh finals too yeah it's happened there well you know down in uh you know i'm from southeast tennessee obviously and there's areas where we we, I've, we put out feeders uh at certain times of the year yeah. there's not a lot of crops there's things for them to eat and you have to do things to keep them close by yeah especially if you're hunting a young dog, maybe you want to get them on some good tracks. And when you have a feeder or something out, it's not uncommon to have two sitting there close yeah. by. In that case, you got a young dog, maybe you, you don't whoop or pet. You just kind of yeah go and send them on their way. And yeah. uh, But if it happens in a hunt, you plus that dog up, you give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And that's kind of the same idea with a, with a squirrel. You know, if you see a squirrel on the, you know, the idea is that, you know, they, they ran the coon in the den and the coon ran the squirrel out of the den, you know, and, and that does legitimately happen. Absolutely does. Seen that one. Yeah, seen that as well. sure. So we're just trying to find the best dog on that night. And these are, these are some things that can happen and uh, you can't really tell what the dog was smelling or what it was barking at, but Oftentimes you give the dog the benefit of the doubt. So sometimes it's a lucky break. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. It's the breaks. But you also told a little funny story about your, uh, pertaining to a rule earlier about carrying in a possum, never allowed a bark or anything with your brother on a cast yeah. earlier. That's pretty, <laughs> I was worried if you were going to tell that one yeah. earlier, but yeah. 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 No, he, uh, he kind of, he made it, 
kind of a point at telling me, you know, you got lucky or whatever. The dog catches a possum or whatever comes in, and and, uh, and he was a he was a night champion or whatever at that time. And he just got lucky, you know, never barked. And I said, well, doesn't matter. He didn't need to bark. <laughs> and he copped a little attitude with me. He didn't like my answer to it. Uh, so yeah. But uh, hey, those things those things happen, and he re- he really thought that you know the dog yeah. shouldn't have been minus or whatever, and got away with one because he didn't bark. But I uh, kind of put a little damper in that idea. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, again, it goes back to what we talked about: it was a difference in uh, whether he was a champion or, or a registered dog. Absolutely. Registered dog, it would have been just fine. Absolutely. Yeah, I got kind of one more good scenario here for you that has to do with off game, and I'm sure there's a lot more, but we've kind of taken up a lot of time here talking about it. So. If you guys have any more good questions, you can always email us to email them to us, and we can touch on them here or in the advisor column or what have you. Uh, but the last one here, let's just—I'll read a scenario here. This was uh, up in the December 1997 advisor column. So not me. I didn't write that one. I dug way back for this one. <laughs> yeah, but it says here. Uh, it said 10 minutes, but I've, of course, changed it to meet modern rules. Eight yeah. minutes has expired on a tree, and the decision has been made to circle it. You walk away and look back, and you see a possum tucked where no one saw it during shine time. How can how do you score this tree for both registered and champion division cast? And uh, as actually Todd Killam that wrote this, and like I said, we had a we had a question come in that was similar to this. And rather than giving my my answer to somebody without first talking to you or or scouring through the advisors, I want to know what a past precedence is or, or what precedent has been set in the past for these questions. This is kind of where we found one of them as far as presidents goes. Yeah. yeah. Setting presidents. Yeah. This was about the closest we could find to the scenario that the guy sent in. And and in Todd's uh, answer, he said, for a registered cast, there's nothing you can do. Uh, shine time's over on that tree. Um, if it was a coon, at that point, you couldn't plus right. it. And now, since it's uh, off game, or, or you can't minus it. Yep. So nothing you can do about it at this point. Shine time's over. He says, however, for a champion cast... Those dogs were still treeing off game, and therefore they were they were treeing running or molesting off game, and therefore they're scratched from the hunt. That gave us our answer right there. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of compare that to the question that came in, well, that us, would have been a letdown if you would have had a chance. That would have been <laughs> guess you're walking away from him, thinking, okay, everything's cool. All of a sudden, you're hey, you're. The rest of your night changes up a little bit. Yeah. I feel like there's been a few situations where people call in like, maybe one of those good situations to just maybe keep your mouth closed and go cut your dog loose. <laughs> don't uh, point, don't point yeah. it out to nobody. Just keep on walking. Yeah. Hey, but, but that's something that happens a lot, or at least it, uh, I used to do it a lot. You know, can't get a raccoon to look or whatever when you're close by, you know, wait, use your last minute or so, walk, grab your dog and walk away and. And look back, and you'd be surprised how many times you might see eyeballs looking at you after you walk away like that. Oh, absolutely. I've done it many mm-hmm. times, especially yep. Yep. pleasure hunting by yourself. Yep. Heck, I won't even spend a – if it's yep. pretty uh, leafy out still, I'll just take him off, yep. go cut him loose, and then turn around and search it by myself for a little bit, and I'll yeah. usually find a coon. You know, so I don't know if this is a hypothetical or not because I don't know. Usually uh, usually opossums are pretty low, and they're not that hard to find. But, uh, hey, I can tell you, I've, I've seen trees already where I've shined the whole time, and – and I'll just be honest with focus. It was a, one was that I'm that I'm referring to was a big old den tree, a big old den tree, big hole, and uh, it was the half of the tree was bare. It was in the fall of the year, and I am just fixated on the hole and trying to squall a raccoon out of this hole or getting to him to look. And after the shine time's over, a spectator comes over and he says, "Right here's your coon," and he's just laying on top of this, yeah. you know, one of the first limbs, and just like, "How did you miss that, yeah. dummy?" Yeah, you know, but uh, but it, so it can happen, I guess. Absolutely. But. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Mm. Uh, the question that actually came in, and it it's similar. It's not the exact same situation, but it's kind of similar from this and what we derived our answer from. Uh, the question that came in asked, it's a three-dog cast, and two dogs are declared treed. You get in there. They have a they have off-game possum treed. You scratch those two dogs from the hunt. There's one still at large. Uh, you're sitting there. After a while later, that third dog makes its way around, ends up falling treed. You get in there, and it's on the same tree with the same possum. Um, how do you how do you score it? Is it the previously scored tree where you delete the points and go on, or is that dog treeing, uh, running, treeing, and molesting off game? Same thing we just talked about, the differences in registered or champions. That's going to be your difference. Yep. In a registered cast, what would happen to the dog is the dog would be minus for treeing off game, but that tree's already been scored, so you Pretty can't scored, minus yeah. it again. Um, in a champion cast, uh, like it tells us before, even though that tree's already been scored, you realize the dog is treeing, running, or molesting off game. That's the case here. So that dog is also Previously scratching the score hunt. does not save a champion dog in that case. That's the difference between the two. Previously score does not does not save it. The only thing that saves a champion from it is what we talked about earlier, coming in after the judge has arrived. Now that is while you're still at the tree, yep. not after you have left it. Mm-hmm. So there it's, you go. Hey, it's interesting. Those things are, and you're going to get guys that debate that, want to debate it, and don't agree with it, and that's fine, you know. But that's the precedence that has been set with these rules. And uh, and and I think it's good that we have that opportunity to go back and and read those articles and stick with that. You know, there's probably some things that we have changed, uh, but very very few. Yep. You know, some of you know, none of these situations like this. We've stuck with it. Hey, who am I going to argue with the for our forefathers? Old, uh, you know, Todd Kellum and Fielder and those that wrote the the advisor columns before us. You know, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know it's uh it's I think it's important to be transparent and you know I I was pretty honest with the guy I was this one stumped me a little bit I wanted to, yeah. to find out an answer yeah. for it and uh, it's not one you see every day but uh, we we now know the correct interpretation and I won't forget it now after doing all that research you know yeah. it's a uh, it's one that'll stick with you and hopefully it sticks with you guys too that are listening that's uh, some good questions came in and uh, there's a lot of uh, good topics that we covered today that had to do with off games so hopefully you guys took something from it yeah. Uh, hope to do more rule stuff in the future. So if you guys ever have any any rule topics you want us to cover, hopefully not dogs tree but not declared tree or yeah. anything like that that we've covered <laughs> five times. But uh, if you guys have any any new questions like this or maybe some that are that haven't been uh, addressed in a while, you know, there's probably some some good ones that I that haven't been addressed in the past four or five years that would bring them back to the yeah. front. Send send those questions to us. We like to talk rules. I've always liked to talk about rules and and uh, I'd like to talk about them on here as well. Yeah. So it's almost oh, easier to talk about them than it is to write about it. Oh, absolutely. Now I'm going to, I'm going to take this actually and talk and make a, probably a column about uh, off game for my advisor column. And yeah. I guarantee it'll take me twice as long to do yeah. that than it did to sit here and talk about it. But, and still yeah. I won't cover it as well as we did, but yeah, that's just the, the, one of the perks of, of having the podcast and being able to give you guys our interpretation and not just give it to you in writing, but actually explain to you and, and have a conversation about yep. what the interpretations mean. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content.